everybody. Welcome to the First Pres Church Podcast. At the end of this episode, please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast channel or our YouTube channel for the latest Sunday messages. We're so glad that you're listening, and we are praying that the following message inspires you to take your next steps towards Jesus. Well, good morning, church. It's a privilege to give this time to the Lord to step forward and be the church and enter worship. God is worthy of our praise, our adoration. We want to look at John 17. We're looking at this prayer of Jesus. I'm going to read for you verses 20 to 23. I encourage you to open your Bibles right now and uh, to have them in front of you. And as we open the scriptures, let's open our hearts to the Lord. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for this prayer. We thank you, Lord, that you never cease speaking to us and speaking to us words of life grace, and of truth. Help us to hear and receive your word and plant it in our hearts for eternal life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. John 17, verses 20 to 23. Jesus speaking. My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one, Father, Just like as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. I in them and you in me so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me. And have loved them, even as you have loved me. Revival served to empower. Five shifts that we want to make to host revival right here. Five movements. Five changes to the way that we think about church. The way that we do church. The way that we pray for our church. And we're in this super strange window of COVID-19 and quarantine and, and safer at home and, and, and this sort of strange window where we can, we can look at all of these shifts. We can make these shifts. These are five things that we can change right now to prepare ourselves to host revival in the name of Jesus. And we've got this, this strange opportunity to kind of step out and, and look at everything, you know, from the outside or from the inside, from our basements, from our living rooms. To look at our church and to be ready to make these shifts and pray and posture ourselves and prepare for God to bring revival. First Pres isn't shut down. First Pres is alive and First Pres is active and First Pres is Growing. Friends, we are only getting better right now. We are only getting better. We are getting trained. We're adapting. And we're getting shifted by the power of God so that we can be more readily in His hands for His service. I believe that these five shifts, that if we make these shifts, if we will turn our our, our thinking and our praying and our doing, if we will make these shifts, we will be prepared 
to see our church have a greater impact in this next chapter than it ever has before. Than it ever has before. Are you in for that? I believe we will see God's hand. I believe we will know and celebrate the goodness of the Lord as we look back on all all of this. We'll know His goodness. We'll know that He's at work. We will see and know the goodness of the Lord. And we will see a harvest if we hang in there. How are you doing? Are you feeling tired? Oh my gosh, I'm exhausted. I'm exhausted. And we all are. Trying to live life in these different patterns, trying to do these things. I know you're tired. I know you're tired. Hang in there. Hang in there. Galatians 6, it says this, Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. Five shifts. The first one was this. We wanted to move from confusion to clarity. Remember that we want to focus in. We want to be united in our purpose. Verse 3, now this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Focus. This is kind of a, a return. It's a return to the mission, the primary mission of the church. Number two, second, shift from building to people. This is a, a restoration. We restore, we want to restore the church to the idea, the picture of the church that Jesus prays for in his scriptures, in his prayer. It's not a, it's not a building, it's not a religious service provider looking for memberships. The church is a people on mission. It's a people, a movement of people on mission to the glory of Jesus. We want to restore that vision of the church. Number three, the third shift, past bound, you know, bound to the past, to future captured. Our, our, our dreams are so much important to us. That our dreams are, are visions of the future. We give anything. The, the key word here is renew, renew. The church is always being renewed, made fresh for the next generation. Constant renewal. Fourth, last week, we talked about moving from indebted to investing. My little R word here, if you can tell I'm using R words today, my R word here is replenish. Replenish. You see, where we're tied down to debt, where we're bound to, to debt, we're not free. And we're the church, and the church is bound down and tied down. I want to I free people. Oh, I want to see a free people. Free to invest intentionally in the work that God is doing. Free to invest in the kingdom. See, when we, when we get tied down to debt, when we've... We've spent more than, than, we, than we ought to have, wanting to live a life, you know, that's kind of beyond us. Or, or, we, or we had to, you know, we went through school and, and we had to pay those bills or, or, you know, we had to get that car. I understand. But, you know, when, when you're tied down to debt, you're bound. The church is bound. I want to see a free people. And as, as a church, we're, we're, we're bringing tools to bear to help you to move out of that feeling of, of indebtedness and into that, that freedom of investing intentionally in God's kingdom 
work, living generous lives with our generous Jesus. I loved how Joe Sangal closed last week. You don't have to be wealthy to be generous. You have to be generous to be generous. Amen. Living generous lives with a generous Jesus. Today is shift number five. From served to empowered. This is a shift from being a staff-served worshiper. We kind of wait for the staff to do something to you. It's a shift from being a staff-served worshiper to being a staff-empowered disciple on ministry. My word here, my R word is rediscover. Rediscover your purpose. Rediscover your spiritual gift. Rediscover your role in the mission that Christ is calling us to do together. Rediscover what you have to bring to bear in the mission of the church of Jesus Christ. Not served. Empowered. This is a a ministry multiplier. So you think about it this way. The church has got... um, a dozen staff members in full-time ministry. Let's think about that. You had a church that had a dozen staff. Okay, well, then in a week, you've got a good solid dozen units of ministry. Let's be like ministry economists this morning. So you did a dozen units of ministry. out. And hey, we've got a great staff. So uh, if we've got 12 people given 12 units of ministry a week, that's pretty solid, right? I'm proud of that. We've got a solid, it's a solid set of 12 units of ministry going out there. Think about this now. What if that 12 staff, they don't just do 12 units of ministry. They empower 2,000, 3,000 believers to use their gifts to go out and do ministry. Well, now you're talking about that's, that's a multiplier. That is exponential. That is wildfire revival kind of stuff. You see, we're not here to just be spoon-fed. We're not here to just be served and have something done to us. We're here to be coached, encouraged, empowered, and sent out to fulfill the purpose and mission that Jesus has given us. Ephesians 4. So Christ gave himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers, the leaders, you know, to equip his people. To equip his people. You got these pastors, these teachers, and he gave them to do what? To equip his people. You see? For what? For works of service. So that the body of Christ may be built up. You with me? From served to empowered. This is a multiplier. This is a huge shift. If we can get this into our heads, folks, if you can, if you can live into this shift, this is a huge change. It's a huge change. Listen, one good definition of church. How do you define the church? What's church? One good definition of church is this. A people that God gave a job to do and expects them to do it. It's a good definition of church. God gathers the people and he gives them a job to do, a mission to do, and he sends them out to do it. And he expects them to be about it. Rediscover your purpose in Christ. 
Did Jesus pray for that? You bet he did. Remember verse 4, a few weeks ago. I have brought you glory on earth, Jesus says to God the Father. I have brought you glory on earth by finishing the work you gave me to do. Jesus himself saw himself as on mission with a job to do. Now, I've got this job to do, and I know, Lord, that you want me to do it. So I'm bringing you glory by completing it, by finishing it. I promised when I talked about that, that we were going to talk about being a people sent by God with a purpose and a mission. Then we got to, later on, we got to verse 18, didn't we? As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. And I swore when I talked about that, that we would, we would talk about being a people sent by God with a purpose into the world, on a mission. You know, I hand on the Bible. I said, we're going to talk about this. Well, today is when, when I keep that promise. Today is all about purpose. It's about the purpose of the mission of your life. Your life is a mission. Your life is a mission. You've been sent by God. You are not anywhere by accident. God has placed you where you are. And your life is a purpose. Your life is a mission. And and God sends you out. He sends you out. Out The days you have, the breaths that you have to take, as, as many steps as you've got left to walk on this earth, God gave them to you for a reason, for a purpose, for a point. We are to, um, as Pastor Lydia and our, and our missions engagement team say, we are to live sent. To live sent. Come to verse 20. My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. Jesus says, my prayer is not, Lord, I'm not just praying for this little group that's right here. My prayer isn't just for them. But I'm praying. I'm praying for those who will believe in me because of their message. I'm praying for those. See, Jesus, he sees them. They're out there. They're out there. They're out there beyond the pale, outside of the circle. They're out there lost and confused. They're out there alone and scared. They're out there without God, without hope in the Lord, without, without the, the consolation of the presence of Christ. They're trying to manage all of this, all of this that we're in, without the Holy Spirit, without the light of Christ, without His life pouring into them. They're out there. They're out there behind. Jesus prays for them. His heart breaks for the lost. I picture the disciples in this moment. Um, you know, you, you picture them in this moment kind of around Jesus, just like a, um, like a campfire circle, just basking in the, 
in the glow of him praying for them, right? Praying for, oh, he's praying. And then he says, I'm not praying just for them. Praying for those, for those. And I kind of picture the disciples at that moment, you know, their their eyes kind of open. They look over their shoulder. What's back there? What's back there are billions and billions of souls. Men, women, children. Beyond beyond the pale of that campfire, beyond the light of that of that fire, that, that, that glorious circle, they're out there. And Jesus is praying for them. And they kind of open up, you know, what's back there? Billions and billions of people from every stripe, from every nation, from every tongue, from every season of history, from around the world. What's back there is the church, the church triumphant, the church invisible, the church drawn in by the Spirit of God from all people in all places and all times. They're back there. They're back there. And Jesus is praying for them who will believe through the message of these of these who sit around the campfire circle. When Jesus saves you, he doesn't only have you in mind. He sees everyone behind you that's going to be touched by his light and his grace and his love through you. I pray for those who will believe in me through their message. Not served. Empowered. And sent. So we get so comfortable. Oh, it feels so good in the circle, in the warmth and the light of, of Jesus' prayer. Oh, it feels so good. It feels so, so comfortable. We almost, you know, we fall asleep in it, you know? Just never felt so cozy. We easily forget we're on a mission. We're living sent. Jesus isn't praying just for us. He's praying for those who are beyond, for those who are behind. We're not here to be served, to be served up something comfortable and sweet by our religious service provider. We're here to be empowered to be coached up and trained, to be pushed forward on mission. Turning around to reach those who are lost. Jesus prayed for those who would believe in me through their message. And I just want to ask you, uh, in your own life, who are they? Can you, can, you, can you name some names? Can you write a name down? Is there someone that comes to mind that you know is in your circle? And, and maybe, I just want you to write that name down. Write it, in your, write it in the back page of your Bible. And just start praying for that person. Start praying for them. Christ prayed that you would not sit comfortably served. He prayed that you would rise up boldly empowered to share the message of his good news. See, there are others to join the circle. 
Jesus said, he said in the Gospel of John, I've got other sheep that are not of this fold, right? They're out there. They're out there. If you, you love Jesus, do you love Jesus? Feed his sheep. Nurture his sheep. Go find his lost sheep. The heart of Jesus Christ is aching for his sheep that are alone and scared and don't know how to navigate this world. And he is praying for you and for me that we would go and get them, that we would reach them, that we would shine his light on them. Jesus prays for them along with us. Verse 21, that all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. Oh, a pastor could harp on this for the rest of his career, right? What's the last time you issued an invitation to know Jesus? What's the last time that you, uh, that you were working on a, a spiritual conversation, that you prayed for an opportunity to, to shed some light in someone's heart, some light of Christ? Not just, not just powering off a, a link or Facebook linking. Something. I mean, that's great. We do that. But I'm talking, about, I'm talking about intentional, careful, prayerful development of a spiritual conversation where you're trying to, to, to find someone in their need and bring the light of Christ to them. What's the last time? What's the last time for you, for me? That, that we were trying to Live out exactly what Jesus is praying for in verse 20. That through your message, through the words that spill out of your mouth, that somebody comes to the light of Christ. Somebody comes to believe. Somebody comes home to Jesus. Home to the Father for eternal life. It's the last time. Verse 23, this is what it looks like. Jesus says, I in them and you in me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. The world will know. They will know the love of God. Lit up with with love. We're sent, not just served. We're empowered, and we're lit up with the love of God. We're sent to share that love with the world around us that so desperately needs us. We're sent, we're sent with a message. We're sent with good news. We're sent with the light of Christ, leading the darkened into his light. Not just served, but empowered. That's the church ready to host revival. That's the church ready to host revival. A good definition of church is a people that God has assigned a mission, that he's assigned a mission, and he says, now you guys, go, you got you to do that, right? And we're, we believe that. Jesus said it in verse 4, I have brought you glory on earth by finishing the work he gave me to do. We share that same view. We're empowered on Mission. Now, what tools does Jesus pray into us for that mission? Look at, uh, look at verse 22. I have given them the glory that you gave me. What? That they may be one as we are one. 
What tools does Jesus give us to, to live out this mission? Jesus says, I've given them the glory that you gave me. Well, what does that mean, glory? Well, it's kind of like the, the shine, the, the glow. The, the, Jesus is, is, is putting a little of, of, of his expression on us. We kind of shine with that light of, of Jesus. This is kind of like the, the Matthew 5 stuff. You're a, you're a light on a, on a hill, you know. You're the light of the world. This is kind of like that Philippians 2 business that, that says, hey, you shine like stars. There's a world out there that is crooked, can't figure out what's up and down, what's right and wrong, and they're darkened, but you shine like stars. That's, that's what Jesus is talking about. Some of my glory is reflecting off of it. And the truth is that we get a little uncomfortable with this. Like, I don't want to walk around like a glow. I don't want to be like a glow bug, you know. I, 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 we'd rather be like, like Moses, you know. Put the veil over the glory of the Lord. Put the veil over it. We'd rather kind of hide, but we are meant to shine. The light of Christ, it reflects off of our simple skin, our Reflects off of our, our weaknesses. Shines through us. It isn't us shining. It's God reflecting His light through us to reach others. And so we know. We know that this treasure that we have, we have it, as it says in, uh, in 2 Corinthians, it's, this treasure we have, we have in jars of clay. In jars of clay. If we go to that verse, 2 Corinthians 4, 7. We have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. You see, he's made his light to shine in our hearts to push back the darkness. And, and it's not us shining. It's, it's the glory that Jesus has shared with us that's shining off of us. Not for us. Not served, but empowered for those who can't see for those who are too far from the light to catch its glow, we reflect, you see. It's given us glory. It's a gift. And God empowers us. Second, he empowers us with sentness. Look at verse 23. I in them and you in me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them. Just as, even as you've loved me. All right. It, it, it's a little um, confusing, right, to follow Jesus in all these concentric circles that he prays. Um, like, I in you, Father, and you in me. And, and then that Jesus prays that they would be in me, in you, you in them. And he's praying that for the disciples. But then he's, it kind of goes past that, right? So I'm also praying for them, that they would be one in them who are one in me, who's one in you, and you're in them, and we're, and we're all one, right? Jesus is, is, is praying. He's praying for behind the disciples, the church, that the world would know. And what would the world know? The world would know that they're loved because God sent Jesus on a mission. So they're going to know that you loved them even as you love me because you sent me. You see? They'll know it because you sent me. But catch this. The sending is also part of the love. You sent me, says Jesus, if we have that verse 23 up. You sent me, and, and so you, Jesus says you loved me, and they know you loved me because you sent me. 
Okay, follow along. They know that they are loved, even just as I am loved. And now part of that love is that you send them. The sending is part of the love. Jesus said earlier in this prayer, verse 18, As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. And the sending is part of the loving. Have I lost you? I can't see you, so I don't know. Here's the thing. God has a purpose for your life. God has a purpose for your life. And that purpose is a gift. And right at the core of it, at the core of that purpose, is that you are sent to spread the light and the life of Jesus Christ into all the places where he's got you. It's right at the core of it. You have a purpose for your life. And that purpose is a gift. It's part of how God loves you is he gives you a purpose. Friends, you need a purpose. <laughs> you need a purpose. Young people, you need a purpose big enough to get you through all this struggle, all these schools and all these things you've got to do. You need a purpose that's worth sacrificing for. Working age people, you need a purpose in your life to keep you driven, to keep you moving through these sleep-inducing, monotonous rhythms of work that just like put you, right? You need a purpose that's bigger than that. You retired people, you need a purpose. Is your purpose somewhere in the past? No. If your purpose feels like it's back there, then you had your purpose defined wrongly. God has a purpose for you. There's a reason why he lifted you out of bed today and gave you breath and gave you energy and gave you life. Your life is a mission. And God has given you purpose as a gift to carry you on. And listen to me now. If you don't define your purpose in Christ, your purpose is going to get defined for you by the world around you. See, that's how it happens. If you don't hold on to that purpose that you have in Christ, well, your, your purpose is going to kind of wash over you from the world around you. This is how it happens. You just kind of think, well, I, I don't know what I'm good for. I don't know what I'm, what I'm here for. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm just here, you know, to earn this paycheck. Maybe I'm just here to get this rent paid. Maybe that's all I'm good for, you know? My purpose just kind of... Maybe the only thing I'm here I'm good to do is walk behind this dog, carrying his, you know, bag of... You know what I'm talking about. Friends, if you don't define your purpose of your life in Christ, your purpose will wash over you from the world around you. And frankly, it'll push you to despair. But God loves you and has a purpose for your life. And that purpose is a gift. It's a gift. In 2007, Rick Warren, pastor, wrote and published his famous book, The Purpose Driven Life. All about this book about, hey, you've got to find your purpose. What, what, What on earth am I here for, it said. And what Rick Warren said in the middle of that is, listen, you've got to go to God 
to define your purpose. This is what he wrote. You didn't create yourself, so there's no way you can tell yourself what you were created for. If you want to know why you were placed on this planet, you must begin with God. You were born by His purpose and for His purpose. The book has sold tens of millions of copies. It's the second most translated book in the world. Why? Because we need purpose. The opening line of the book, if you don't know it, it'll surprise you. Opening line of the book, these four words, it's not about you. Opening line of the book. Like, what? I bought this book because it was about me. Like, I want, I want to find my purpose. Here's a book about me finding my purpose. Opening line of the book. It's not about you. Not served. Empowered. Your purpose is a mission from God. God has given your life a purpose to live sent. To live sent. Not served. Empowered. That's revival. This weekend is Memorial Day weekend. Tomorrow's Memorial Day. We take a minute, we remember those who served and who gave their lives, lost their lives for a purpose bigger than themselves, for a mission larger than their own comfort or convenience and and at the end of the day, larger than their own lives. And we're grateful. And I tell you what I wish. I wish every one of them knew Jesus. There are sheep that are not of this fold, said Jesus. There are those who are beyond the the campfire circle. There are more to join. There are more to join. And they are out there. We're not here to be served, but to serve. We're, We're not here to be served, but empowered on a mission. A mission. Living sent. Living as Christ's people on earth to do that mission, to fulfill that purpose that God has given us as his followers. To share the light of Christ. To share the message of Christ. That those would believe and come to him because of the message we're willing to share. In 1830, a pastor named Charles Finney was preaching in Rochester, New York. This is part of the, called the Second Great Awakening, another revival. As he was preaching along, he felt somebody kind of come up behind him, tug on his, on his clothes. This man kind of came up to him, whispered. He said, Pastor Charles, if you call for salvation, I'll step forward. Charles kind of thought about that. Okay. Kept preaching. Came to the end of the message. He called for salvation. He said, all who, all who tonight would like to know salvation in Jesus Christ, stand up, come forward. Let me pray for you. Reverently come forward. This man, he came forward. It turns out he was the chief justice of the Supreme Court of the state of New York. And when people saw him get up behind him, as they say, came 
every lawyer in Rochester. See, one choice. And the next, uh, the next few months, tens of thousands of people came to faith in Jesus Christ in that entire re- I mean, if the lawyers can be saved, right? So, uh, listen. One man taking a risk, living with purpose. The choices that you make, they affect those behind. We're not here to be served We're here to be empowered, sent on mission to the glory of Jesus Christ. That's revival. Lord, help us right where we are to feel purpose. It's so hard, Lord, to to feel purpose in these days that we're living in quarantine and isolation. But Lord, feed us, inspire us with the purpose that you've given us each day, the energy that you've given us. I pray, Lord, that we would know your purpose, your your sentness, sending us on mission right where we are. Maybe we're in a very small, confined space. But Lord, right there, right there is a place for your kingdom to grow. Help us to know that we are sent. We're empowered to live for your glory, to share your glory. Pray it in the glorious name of Jesus Christ. Hey, once again, thanks for listening. If you live in the Colorado Springs area, we would love to meet you on a Sunday morning. To plan your visit, head to our website at firstprescos.org That's F-I-R-S-T-P-R-E-S-C-O-S dot org.